Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. With you in the studio tonight, it is Aria. People's not there. Oh, you turned down way low. Go ahead. People's not there. And Nikki. Despite being a spiritual person by nature, I'm not superstitious, I guess, is the way I'm looking for. And there's been a few things happening lately that sort of make me curious about that or reevaluate that, I suppose. Like... My sentencing, as we talked about last week, it was pushed back. Uh, it was finally officially pushed back a few days after Wednesday of last week. I don't remember exactly what day, but it was pushed back to March the 14th of 2023, which, of course, is Pi Day. 3. Oh, 1. yeah. 1. Yes. Oh, yeah. And being as I have a tattoo yeah. of Pi on the back of my head, I can't help but find some level of significance in that, right? right. And Well, beware of the Ides of March, I guess. There, there's also that reality of, curiously, the Ides of March, uh, the March the 15th day, uh, that stands out in my memory as the day where Shemel versus Nazi happened here on mm. LRN.FM. So certainly a bit of significance around those days, but March the 14th, of course, is Pi Day, as we all know it, and that's going to be the day of my sentencing for whatever that's worth, and I'm always been a big advocate of pie but yeah i feel good about that yeah that seems like a good sign to me that was that was how i felt about it and leah a peakless mountaineer is here with us of course tonight and that's unusual for a wednesday night i actually messaged you last night uh for a variety of reasons but it was largely due to anxiety strangely enough i've been having pretty severe anxiety issues for the last two ish months maybe three months and Normally, my solution for anxiety and depression and things like that would be to just take some shrooms. But Mm. one, I'm under, you know, federal pre-release conditions right now. So taking shrooms is not an option. I have no desire to go to jail for violating my bail conditions by not worth it. No, even if it would be for medicinal purposes, which it would be, it's not worth it to me. And I You're know, not allowed to choose your own medicine. What, what do you think this is, some kind of free country? They certainly would not like for me to. But I also tend to think that you know, they probably have bigger fish to fry than little Aria doing shrooms for her anxiety. But it, it's not worth it to me to even evaluate. Plus, I know my brain physiology, my brain chemistry well enough to know that whatever's going on with me right now, it's fundamentally different from the types of anxiety that I've dealt with in the past that I took shrooms in order to deal with this. What's going on right now, it's unusual. I've never experienced it before, and I don't know how to address it. Well, do you think it's because of an outside factor rather than an inside factor, if you know what I mean? Like, I'm assuming it's because of the sentencing coming up in a few months. Well, that certainly didn't help. I recall it escalated uh, sort of toward the end of November, Mm -hmm. and... It only got worse as Ian's trial began. It would appear as though we have lost, to some degree, Conan, who was on the show with us on Tuesdays. And oh, dang. Yeah, he won't respond to me, so I don't know. The Woods finally has him, huh? I'm sorry? The Woods finally has him, huh? Well, I don't know. He's, he has finally left the grid entirely. It's No, it's not that. It has something to do with the last show he was on with us was the drag queen episode, Mm. which ended up clips of it went up on TikTok and it it was a very entertaining episode. It was a lot of fun, but 
uh, after that, uh, Conan went off to do his uh, seasonal thing where he's very busy. I mean, he works at the post office and, you know, that was Christmas time. So he's very busy. And he was supposed to write me a character reference for the judge, right? I mean, being a former military vet, I mean, being a military veteran and a postal worker, that sort of thing, it's nice for a judge to see. Judges love a man in uniform. Right. So I followed up with that and he ended up saying that, you know, no, he won't write me a character reference, which was different from what he had said a month and a half before where he was like, yeah, absolutely. I'll do this. I'd love to do it. Anything Hmm. I can do to help. So that clued me in that something had changed between when I had asked him initially and he agreed to do it. And when I asked him, you know, when I was like, hey, man, the deadline's here. You know, my attorney needs these letters. Have you made any progress with it? And he was like, no, I I won't write you one or I can't provide a good character reference or however he said it. So I checked and sure enough, he had unfriended me on Facebook. I was like, well, this this is curious, right? We've been friends for a little over four years since I moved to New Hampshire, more or less. And there's never been any sort of bad blood or hostility or anything. So I messaged him and said, understood, but can I ask why? And presumably he hit ignore at that point and he hasn't responded to me. Uh, I do know that he was asked recently if he was going to return to the show or if he was, you know, if that seasonal period of being busy had calmed down and he could return and the response was yes, but I won't be on the show with you and Aria anymore. So I, I don't know what that means and I'm not getting a response from him, but when something like that happens, it, it hurts yeah. to, to lose a friend, especially without explanation. One that I've been friends with for several years and I can only think it's related to the drag queen episode. I, right. That's how it would appear based on the timeline. Hmm. Yeah, but there was nothing. Yeah, if, if you haven't heard from him at all since that episode, that stands to reason. Well, other than the message that I sent him saying, hey, you know, what's up with the letter that you said you would write? It's that time. And his response was, well, I'm, I'm not writing you a good character reference. But to me, that's bad. How much did I upset you yeah. that you're not willing to tell a judge that I shouldn't go to prison? Right. So I rewatched the episode and I just didn't find anything in it that was particularly bad there was a lot of laughter but it wasn't laughing at him it was laughing because of what he was saying and and you know what things like that scenes like that happen on this show all the time yeah and it's just funny and i i don't think it should be something that's taken to heart you know what i mean but it's but it's not really something that was it's not like you guys were laughing at him or posting the video on TikTok to make fun of him. It was just, hey, we had this really good clip on the show. It was hilarious. People loved it. So we're going to promote it on our TikTok. Blush. Why do you think there's blush? Why does that exist? Because blood rushes to women's cheeks. When they are excited. Yes. Right. The whole excitement comes in many forms, right? Not merely sexual, right? But the reason that blush exists, the reason that is attractive, the reason that blush is attractive, the reason that red lips are attractive, this is all symbols of sexual excitation. I understand that. I I do understand that. Okay, but this is the the darkening around the eyes. But if you're making uh, that case, then you're saying that a woman walking down the street in in makeup is inappropriate for children. Is that the case you're making? Because that's no more sexualized than a drag queen in and of itself. It's like makeup is sexualized. At that point, you're saying that women shouldn't be allowed around children. That's definitely not what I'm saying. But I I do think that we need to figure out a way to have a woman look nice without being sexually attractive. 
and I don't know how we're going to get there because we've figured out how to make men look nice without being sexually attractive. I mean, attractive. but does it matter? Not at all. Hmm? Not at all. I, I think they're one of the same. Really? Yeah. So, like, uh, I'm... Uh, how does a how does a guy in a tux, for example, like how does that attract sexually? Like, what secondary characteristic, uh, sexual characteristic, does that uh, embellish? Like, what about that appeals to the sex instinct? I I don't know. I'm not a biologist. I can't answer that question. But the the same reason that women like a guy in a tuxedo is the same reason that men like a woman, you know, with a nice butt. Well, no. So, and that's one of the one of the unfortunate, uh, unavoidable inequities. So, what a man brings to the table is his ability to, biologically speaking, his ability to protect and to provide. So, run, stab something with meat, and drag it back here, and also stab the things that might eat your kids. Like, that's that's the performance there. That's what they bring to the table. What they don't bring to the table is to be a portal for human life. We're just not able to do that. I, I understand. But to get back to the subject of the drag show episode, it was mostly, especially the clip in question, it was mostly just laughter. I said almost nothing through the entire thing. I mostly just laughed. Ian was the one making comments. Which was what I found the offense so curious about this because there was nothing that was said there. In yeah, one you particular... seemed pretty innocent in the whole. Yeah, I just sort of sat there laughing, and Ian just sort of sat there laughing. And the, in to the extent that anyone said anything, I believe it was Ian who was actually speaking. So I was curious what I had said or done that could have offended him. That, and then I thought, well, maybe it's the presence of this video, right? Maybe it was the fact that I took these clips instead of, you know, just letting them die out there on the Internet. But like if that was the case, a response of, hey, take this down. I don't approve of it. Yeah. Would have been OK. Fine. Sorry. I didn't realize that it would it yeah, upset absolutely. you. Right. Yeah. That That is the really sad thing to me about this is that for whatever for whatever reason, he is obviously upset. Right. And instead of dealing with this directly to you and be like, hey, this bothered me. Here's what I would like to change in the future for us to continue interacting with each other. Instead, he just completely withdraws. And I mean, sure, he's got the right to, but that doesn't make it less ugly. On the subject of anxiety, though, because all of this, it has sucked. I, I suspect there's some PTSD involved here, right? Because I was rated a little over, well, almost two years ago. By the time I'm sentenced... It will have been almost exactly two years since I was yeah, raided by the right. federal government. And there probably is some sort. This is probably why I can't sleep more than an hour or two without waking up. It's probably PTSD. Well, and that's been a, a longer issue, right? You know, I, I know you said it's been right. worse the past few days, but. Well, for the last two or three months, it's been substantially worse since yeah. since the trial got closer and my sentencing got closer and then it got pushed back again. It's like, I understand. And I agreed with my attorney about pushing back the sentencing. But mm -hmm. like, man, yep, I that sword's still there. Yeah, I really mm -hmm. wanted to get this over with. Like, if yeah. I don't want to go to prison. I, I swear to God, I don't want to go to prison. But if I'm going to prison, let's get it over with. Yeah. Let's let's get this clock ticking. Right. 
Well, and that's uh, that's the purpose of anxiety. Like, uh, as much as it sucks, it it does serve a purpose. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, there are dangers in this area, so we don't want to let you, you know, relax too much because you want to be able to punch it or run away from it when the danger rears its ugly head. So you have this unknown thing, yeah. and, and that's exactly what it is. It's the unknown thing. It's like something lurking in the dark. So your body's like, oh, a thing lurking in the dark. I know what to do with those. Well, and that's the difference between anxiety and anxiety disorders, where the disorders is you have anxiety all the time about irrational things, but regular anxiety is that like fight or flight type of thing that's useful. So it's like, is this useful or is this not useful? And it's really unfortunate that their whole machinery is set up to cause as much anxiety as it can. I I can't speak as to that, but I know that there's... Uh, you're right. There, there's something out there in the dark. That, this great big question mark, right? Mm-hmm. Am I going to prison? Am I going to get probation? I, I suppose at this point, after two years of being on pre-sentence release, I, I don't remember the exact terminology, the possibility of time served is even existent. I, I suspect that won't be what happens, but two years of probation effectively is what I've been on at this yeah, point. Yeah, honestly. However, that is unlikely to count to, for anything, so it probably won't matter. But, you know, it, no, nonetheless, it is a possibility. I have a life to plan, right? I have mm-hmm. all of these things that I need to do. And Free Talk Live is a great big question mark. My other job is a great big question mark. My cats, my dogs, and none of it. I, I could have contingency plans, right? But mm-hmm. there's so many unknowns in every direction that it's... Impossible to account for. Well, and the the Free Talk Live side of it, I think, is uh, uh, with Ian's uh, trial, I think that was another big thing your body's going, okay, well, this is a really big question mark. Something big is rustling in the bushes because, you know, if if justice had actually been served and they went, well, no, he didn't do any of those things, clearly, then we would have nothing to worry about. And so now, okay, well, well, at at least... At least, well, I mean, we in in the sense of uh, of Free Talk Live, it's like, okay, well, the continuity of our show is going to go with the same amount of unknowns as it did before the raid. We do have Bad Slave on the line from here in New Hampshire. Bad Slave, you're on Free Talk Live. I kind of fail to understand, and and I know that that the uh, federal courts are special places, meaning, you know, in intensely corrupt that's why why does anyone uh take a plea without the details known of the consequences well that's a that's a fair question Uh, to the extent that anything could be known uh, I was offered a, a deal back in April of this year where uh, the prosecutors would argue for 12 months in prison, and my attorney could probably get that argued down to 12 months of probation or whatever, and they could hash that out. But they were always going to argue for me to be sent to prison. That they, that was never taken off the table uh, in the way that it was with Andy and Renee or nobody. Uh, for whatever reason, they they want me to go to prison. So sometimes you just don't. Why? Because so, you're odd. I, I don't know why. You'd have to ask the prosecutors. Well, they want Ian to go to prison too. So yeah, didn't, didn't ask them. 
No, I, I, I mean, I have tried to minimize my contact with the prosecutors. I have a quick uh, suspicion because you're in first chair. It, it could very well be that. No, I mean, I've I've considered this from the get go to be primarily an attack on Free Talk Live and secondarily all of these other things, including an attack on Bitcoin. Well, when the raid first happened, I remember it was kind of like, okay, so we have two people that know how to do everything. Right. And it appears to be Arya and Ian. Mm-hmm. Regrettably, so, that, that is the case. And that's why, you know, there, there are so many questions about Free Talk Live that just can't be resolved yet. And I was hoping to have those answered, you know, in 15 more days with the mm-hmm. original sentencing being on January 26th, but it got pushed back. So to answer your question about slave, there was never any, the, the prosecutors, the federal court system, the American government, they don't like clear, unambiguous answers. They, they like shady, unclear answers in it whenever they can get them. So They have altered the deal. Pray they do not alter it further. Well, they, they told me they were going to, if I didn't take the plea deal back in April, they were going to bring further charges against me, and they were going to take the deal off the table and i was like okay fine well bring your charges because i'm not taking this deal Mm -hmm. and you know they did exactly what they said they would do they brought more charges against me and we sort of proceeded with that for the next few months when it came time you it it was clear to me that i was going to get and i didn't know whether or not Ian would get convicted or not but it was clear to me that i would almost certainly get convicted for operating an unlicensed money transmitting business if nothing else, it seemed to me after talking with my attorney and talking with the pro- not talking with the prosecutor, but after talking with my attorney and having these hearings in the court, it was clear to me that I was going to get found guilty. So it didn't make any sense to go to trial on that particular issue. It would get the other charges dropped and it would reduce the sentencing to the lowest amount possible. But whether that was going to be prison or probation, that's only up to the that's up to the judge to decide and no one else. So I mean we can't ask the judge what he's going to prescribe as the punishment. But I mean as far as why anyone would take this deal, it's uh, you're you have kidnappers, okay? So your kidnappers are telling you they want you to do a thing. Now, you don't know for sure that they will treat you better if you do that thing that they tell you they want you to do, but it's a pretty good bet they'll treat you less bad than if you don't. We have Shag on the line from, I did not actually get the location. Shag, you're on Free Talk Live. I think you said Maryland? Uh, No, no, Massachusetts. Massachusetts, that's it. Yep. Welcome to the show. What's Uh, on your mind tonight? I just wanted to comment on and talk to to you a little bit about uh, anxiety, PTSD. Um, And this is probably stuff that you might be well aware of, but, you know, trauma is a normal part of the human experience. We all receive, you know, trauma at one point or another in life. And it affects the central nervous system. And that, that has to do with, you know, as Peekless was saying, the fight or flight response. So when you're when you have a, when you're perceiving a threat, when you have a perception of a threat, cortisol and adrenaline spike, and when that threat is kind of always hanging there, that can put your central nervous system in a in a state where it's kind of always on that alert fight or flight mode. Cortisol levels are high, adrenaline's high, um, and I just wanted to also talk about uh, anxiety and sleep issues. 
Well, you say that. Um, really well, think- before we get too further into that, I mean, let's have a dialogue. You mentioned that everyone, I think you said everyone has some sort of PTSD, and I would both no. A- agree. No, uh, you said everyone experiences trauma. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I, I would agree and disagree in general. Um, may, maybe everyone experiences trauma. I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but I would actually make the argument that every person does have PTSD, and that existence itself is a cause of PTSD. And we're just, we're just so numb to it, we're so accustomed to it that we don't actually think about it. I, I think it's my hypothesis that the very act of existing. Of being thrust into this universe. Yeah, with, being born. Yeah, with no signpost, no guide, no explanation. Just bam, here you are. You exist. There's no explanation. Good luck figuring it out, you stupid monkey. Is a traumatic experience. Well, that's, that's why the, no that's, one remembers it, man. Suppressed memories from birth trauma. Well, yeah, and it doesn't even matter if you remember it because a lot of the things that happen to us as infants carry on and affect us emotionally and psychologically. Oh, yeah. We don't even remember that stuff, but that is literally the point of the birth process is for it to be traumatic to give people like the initial fighting instincts of life and survival. But we're so young then that we like one of my favorite scenes, one of the most analogous scenes in movies that I can think of that is similar to this is the scene in the matrix where Neo wakes up Mm -hmm. and he immediately starts pulling stuff out. He lashes out. That's what I think a person would do if they were just, Born suddenly at the yeah. age of 25 years Probably. old, they just woke up and suddenly they existed. They had no existence prior to that, just suddenly. But we're infants when mm-hmm. we first begin existing, so we can't lash out. We can't rip all the cables out. We we can't do anything except well, continue they, they to exist. Well, they kind of do, actually. <laughs> what do you mean? They they kind of do, uh, like, cry and flail a lot. So okay. maybe they sure, are. But we just as much as they can. Yeah, as much as they can, but I mean, we just can't. It's just that yeah. Neo had all of this like prior training of living in a body like this, and kids don't. Like, yeah, baby fair. comes in and like they have no idea how to work anything except like their tongue, their eyes, and their lungs. That's Basically. about it. So I think that very, I think existence itself is traumatic, and the whole of human history or the whole of a person's life is trying to come to terms with that trauma and try to make sense of it. If someone wants to die, they should be treated seriously. They should not be taken as, oh, you're mentally ill, and how dare you even contemplate such a thing? No, life is worth living. Well, this is that person's call to make, and no one else's. And more assumptions, you know? But, I mean, it, it amazes me that in thousands of years of human development, humans haven't become any more acceptance, accepting of suicide and the desire to not be alive anymore than they were back when Plato mentioned how sad it is that someone would be suicidal. Well, and I think part of this is, uh, so from those who do not have a libertarian mindset, it's very easy to believe that because their whole perspective is that you don't belong to you. You belong to society. So you can't do this and you have to do that because society needs you to do that and doesn't want you to do this. Whereas uh, from a libertarian or voluntarist perspective, it, it seems pretty obvious that at least you have the right to, even if it's a terrible idea. Yeah, it seems obvious to me that if I have, if if my life is mine, and I I think even the most diehard statist would readily admit that my life belongs to me and no one else, and they they would argue that 
you know, I owe some allegiance to society or something like that. But I think even the most diehard statists would be yeah. like, yes, your life is yours. I suspect you uh, over- overestimate them. I, I hope not. But they don't extend that to the obvious reality that if my life is mine, then I can end it. Like my car. My car is definitively mine. No one would dispute my right to take a sledgehammer to it and, you know, bat- bash out all the windows. I'm it- sure somebody could dispute that. But it's my car. They don't care. You're you're causing a ruckus or something. That, well, that's they, different. They can right. come up with Disturbing any reason. Peace. You know, like they right, have. But all of that's different. Yeah, exactly. Assu- okay. Assuming I'm not disturbing the peace, I'm just doing okay. it on my property, and it's not disturbing the neighbors or anything like that. That no one has any claim to say no. You can't smash out the windows in your car. Yeah. Well, so for example, the the COVID thing, uh, a big part of that was the belief that you owe me having taken this vaccine. Like, this vaccine prevents yeah. the transmission of this disease. And regardless of whether or not that's a fact, even if that were the case, they believe that you owe it to them to put this in your body because it will keep you from transmitting a disease. So Jack, they don't still with believe us? that you owe, own your uh, own body. Yeah, what else did you have to weigh in on? Sorry, we sort of got no, derailed no, there. Okay. No, I, I was listening. Um yeah, anyway, I could go on and on about PTSD, but essentially it's your nervous system getting locked locked into that fight-or-flight mode, and so it's important to investigate and explore very, on a very deep level what you are perceiving to be a danger. And there's there's dangers that are legitimate, and then there's dangers that are just totally not real. It is within your control to go to a sauna or yeah. to uh, one of my favorites is to take a good, long, deep soak. Uh, there's lots of good uh, uh, data on that being a really effective way of lowering cortisol and all that sort yeah. of stuff. Hot yoga. Right. Right. So I'm going to throw that out there. But I Turn don't Ferguson see. Turn Ferguson isn't going to be able to take that. <laughs> you, you sweating and doing yoga in a sauna. He's the, the poor guy is going to have a heart attack. But. I don't see how it is in any way in our power to even get the FBI to, like, try calling first. Just be like, hey, I'd hate to have to, you know, beat down your door. Or, like, just knock on the door and somebody would open it. Could you just, you know, turn yourself in? I mean, you're not wrong. Or just knock on the door. you know, hey, how's it going? We've got you surrounded. We didn't want to make a big thing out of it and freak you out. So could you just... But they did want to make on? a big thing out of it. Yeah. They were super excited to bust down doors and point guns at people and Gotta do all sorts of horrible... Yeah, exactly. Evildoers being defined as anyone who resists government. And as someone who doesn't have a business license. But you're absolutely right. There, there's a cultural problem here because they could have... Easily. I mean, Ian had an attorney of record already prior to the raid, and the the FBI had been notified that Ian had retained Mark Sisti, and I I think I saw the letter at one point. It said something to the effect of, so if you need to interact with my client for any reason, please contact my office so that that can be arranged, right? Which is all they had to do was contact Mark Sisti and say, hey, look, we have a warrant here for Ian's well, arrest. They needed to come here and steal things. Well, they still could have done that. They still could have done all of this without the traumatizing aspects of it. Yeah. They, yeah. they could have knocked them. I didn't have an attorney on record, but they could have easily waited until a reasonable hour, mm-hmm. not six o'clock in the morning, knowing because they knew they knew everything about me. 
They knew I worked night shift. They knew I had been in bed maybe two hours at the most at that point. All they had to do was wait until 10 o'clock in the morning, 11 o'clock in the morning. Well, that wouldn't get them off. No, this is the cultural issue that we have. And that's a real part of this that I I wonder exactly what the ratio is. Like how much of this came down to the fact that it just makes them, it it just gives them such joy to harm people, to scare them, to put them under their boot. I mean, that's what it feels like. Why else would you smash out all the windows and show up with military vehicles and bulldoze down doors and point guns at people and make people walk through glass? It's because they enjoy it. You wouldn't do that. You don't do things that typically you don't do things that you don't like. You know, it's like, oh, and cops will give you that BS like, oh, well, I hate to have to do this, but I'm just doing my job. Like, I, I really hate. No, you love doing this. That's why it's your job. I go to work every night because I love it. And, you know, I like taking care of people and they like hurting people. And that's just what it is. Sadly, yes. And it just cannot be stressed enough that all of this could have been accomplished in a nonviolent way. Absolutely. In in every direction, all they ever had to do was show up with a search warrant, which they had. Yeah. Knock, knock politely on the door and say, hey, look, we're here to arrest you. We're, we're going to search your property. There's nothing you can do about it. You know, you can answer our questions. You can invoke your right to have an attorney present. You can do all of these things, but this is what's going to happen. Instead... I was just going to say all of these people, you know, you, Ian, whoever, are on record being peaceful, nonviolent people. On record. Right, which is more than we can say about the people who bashed in my door, threatened to shoot me. So just to say that it's unnecessary to do all of that, and they've came here before, knocked on the door with a search warrant, whatever, and the door was opened, and, you know, no one tried to attack them or ambush them. This could have been done peacefully. Yeah, and... Even the, like, halfway measure where, like, okay, well, we're still going to be horrible, violent villains here, but we'll give you a call out first. So you have a chance to not have your property destroyed and guns pointed at you yet. Even that, they can't even be bothered to do what their own things are telling them to do. Major, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I got a couple of quickies here. Well, it was not a quickie, but one is I was listening the night of the, uh, the Conan episode. And uh, I can feel see why he'd be a little bit butthurt. You guys kind of made him feel like the village idiot. He was laughing with us. I remember making a comment when I called in and say I got I had to call in and give Conan a little backup here because you guys was riding like ducks on a June bug. <laughs> but uh, hold, hold on, on the June bug. Hold, hold on, because let, let's go back to the episode in question. He was. Saying that, I mean, the part in question, he literally said that if they could get away with it, drag queens would be reading kids' stories while wearing bikinis with dildos strapped to their foreheads. I mean, you know, we, we could say we were ganging up on him and being mean and all of that, but that's that's a ridiculous statement. And that, that statement is worth laughing at. And I think well, he knew he, that because he was laughing as he said it. Well, he, he, I he think you being, were laughing at two different things at that point. He was laughing impossible. at the absurdity of what our society has become, and you were laughing at his perception of what society has become. Possibly. Well, there was a clip of one of the drag shows with one of the girls having a dildo stuck somewhere where, where it wasn't quite natural. And uh, I think he just kind of went with that and ran with it a little bit too far, maybe. I mean, we were but, also uh, talking about uh, one of these one of these child drag queens. I don't remember the person's age at this point, but 
he he was watching the video with us where he he was like, "Look, you see these grown men like throwing." Oh yeah, you talked about that ten year old that was yeah. butt dancing around for all these. But dirty that old isn't what happened. We saw the video, and he watched the video with us, and there were no dirty old men throwing money at this kid. But that didn't stop him from seeing it and from reporting it as though it had happened. He was seeing something that was not in the video. So you both watched the same video and And saw two completely different things? Yes. That's crazy. That's wild. All right. Now, I, I, it, to, to back up the major on this, one of the, the issues that I do see in general with, with our format. So there's three seats here. And very frequently what ends up happening is that it's two on one. Uh, very frequently, uh, and this, this isn't always a bad thing, but like very frequently I've seen like you and Ian gang up against Mark. Now, that has been some of our most entertaining footage, for sure, but it doesn't change the fact that you can feel ganged up on if you happen to be that third person. I don't doubt that at all. Uh, with me, Mark, and Ian, that, that that's a shtick, really. And Mark and Ian and I, um, I don't think we've sat down, discussed it, and like planned it out, but we all know that's... That's, that's just what happens to Mark when he's on the show. Well, I don't know if that's you know? what happens to Mark, but... It's what he gets for turning status <laughs> on us. Right? But that is... <laughs> I mean, that is the dynamic that's at play here. Let, let's not forget that at one point, Mark sat across from me and said, you know, you, you lady boys or whatever it is you call yourself and pointed at me. And like, that's part of the, it's just part of the dynamic of how we're interacting and how we're creating a show together. I thought that was an almost exclusively Thai thing. Anyway. Oh, right. <laughs> yes. I don't no, they have like a special right. no, word in that language that tr- basically translates as ladyboy. Yeah. But I even took a, I took a screenshot of him, you know, angrily holding the microphone and pointing at me <laughs> like that as he called me a ladyboy. And I posted on Twitter, you know, uh, radio host calls Aria ladyboy on the air or something like that. And I mean... Certainly, I mean, Mark, Ian, and I are certainly going to be worse about that than a lot of people would be, but it's also completely done in the name of fun. What need is there to have a digital license plate? Are you people serious? Well, and it's just the big issue with it is as I do like a lot of prepping and things like that and just trying to be sustainable, right? Like if if the power goes out or something, I want to be able to you know, be completely efficient without needing to rely on things like electricity and whatever else. People just keep straying further and further away from it. And as I find things from a hundred years ago, 50 years ago, they still work perfectly fine. And they're actually more efficient than a lot of our digital things or, you know, so I just don't know why we keep straying in that direction when they seem very ineffective and, you know? Well, I think a lot of it really just comes down to our money system. So uh, the the whole fiat currency, the the constantly increasing how many dollars there is, puts this huge weight on consumption. Yeah. Like everything is is levered toward greater and greater consumption. Well, at a certain point, you can't consume anymore unless you break it. Yeah. Like, oh, well this works, so I don't need another one. Well, we'll just make it so that it breaks after a month or a year or whatever. But then there are so many more long-term impacts of that because of consumerism and people buying things and just throwing them away because they don't want them anymore because they break. 
Now we have piles and piles of trash surrounding our planet, you know? Well, and my point is that the consumerism is the effect of the money system. If we didn't have a system where everything was inflating all of the time, because like people have finally noticed the inflation Mm -hmm. because it's gotten ridiculous. But the inflation, what they're aiming for and what they will change things to make sure is happening is 2%. So it's always inflating. So it causes rabid consumerism because the environment will not allow any other behavior. Right. The the worst thing you can do with the USD is to hold on to it for a single solitary yeah. minute because right. it's going to be it's going to buy less tomorrow than it will buy today. So mm-hmm. even if it's just buying a battery, it makes more sense to buy that battery than it does to hold on to the USD. And to to speak to the question of waste and all of that, these things have batteries. I that's so insane to me. <laughs> because first of all, it seems But like, couldn't you just couldn't you just hook it into the car? Like, you have a whole electrical right? system yeah. right there. I would expect something like that, or Do maybe... there was a handy-dandy generator. Oh, right The there. car! Or, I mean, there's any number of possibilities here. Even a little a little solar panel. How much electricity could this... And, I mean, yes, okay, a, a solar panel is not going to produce enough electricity to power one of these things, but that's kind of the issue, if it's if it needs that much electricity, what benefit does it have that a stupid license plate doesn't bring to the table? On top of that, the real issue with this whole Internet of Things nonsense is it, it eludes most people. But the IT security is not taken seriously by anyone who's programming and creating this nonsense. Absolutely. I did IT for the better part of 10 years. And let me tell you. No one's taking IT seriously. When when they when they made your smart television, they never even they did they took no steps to making it unhackable. Let's go to the phones. We have Alu Axelman on the line from Liberty Block, who lives here in New Hampshire. Alu, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi guys, thanks. Hey, for what's up? My call. Yeah, what's on I your mind tonight? To I want to respond to Ian. I think last night or a few nights ago, because I'm behind because of the baby. I'm a little behind on podcasts, so I am catching up. Yeah, congrats um, on the baby, by the way. I'm going to catch up. Yeah, thank you. Thank this you. was this was the so, bullet thing, right? Was it? Yes. Audio? Okay. <laughs> I, I didn't connect what those until like thing? last night when I was like, wait, hold on. Okay. And yeah, I, so I don't, so, I don't uh, have the wherewithal to explain that. So that that was between me and Nikki. Yeah, Ian um, was like the first Not time in my life I heard him be almost pessimistic about um, the crypto use in New Hampshire, which which I think you know crypto use is is not super totally ubiquitous in New Hampshire, and maybe it has decreased in years, but um, I got to correct him and say, at least in the Liberty community, so maybe I'm a bit biased, or I'm in a bit of an echo chamber or something, um, there's a lot of use of crypto, gold and silver. I can look at my records. Um, I, I record everything, and my book sales, around 10, 20, 25% has been in alternatives. When I sell books, I've sold 700 books total. Um, around 10, 20% comes in gold, X, silver, or crypto. Um, so it's a decent amount in alternatives. I paid for um, lots of things. Yesterday at the gym, I saw a guy setting up a table there selling beef jerky. I bought that for Goldback. Turns out he already accepts them. Um, I bought nice. and I, I got a water heater replaced for my boiler, um, for, and I paid the guy in Goldback. 
today for that, like big purchases. It was a big one. So like, you know, a lot of people accept go back to the community. So I have to correct them on that. But also, um, well, I don't, I don't recall anything that Ian had said last night that could have come across as pessimistic. I'm behind. This was like four nights ago, probably. So uh, I, I I see what you're saying with uh, within the community. Sure, within the Liberty community in New Hampshire, uh, we do have a thriving little market of alternative currencies, specifically long-term focused currencies. But the it ain't what it used to be. Like you know, there there's there are places that are you know in uh, there's a private club in in Manchester that we used to have a whole bunch of like okay here are the QR codes for the various cryptos that we accept and that was just a thing and that was normalized like okay well if you want this soda you can just pay in Dash or you can pay in Bitcoin Cash and that's all gone there there were a bunch of uh, of uh, not know your customer uh, uh, Bitcoin vending machines that were also available. And all of that disappeared when the feds broke down the doors and windows of this very studio. I've witnessed firsthand a lot of vaccine side effects. Um, But I don't think, I think people saying every single person that is healthy and then has something happen, they're like, it's the vaccine, it's the vaccine, it's the vaccine. It's not always the vaccine. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. And I think people are just making a lot of assumptions all the time that aren't necessarily valid. So so two things on that. Um, Number one, as far as like, was it the vaccine? Was it not the vaccine? Now, the fact is there are so many things that it could be that it probably was something other than the vaccine. However, of the possible causes, that is the highest single probability of a, uh, of like one singular, at least primary cause. I mean, I wouldn't know because I don't have his records and I don't know his history and stuff. So like, that's a thing where we're just, we don't know these people. We don't know their medical history and we're just making assumptions it kind of, you know, we need more information to even be able to make an accurate assumption. Well, and that's one of you the know, big we issues can theorize, with this, is but... that we are never going to have accurate information on what the danger yeah. of this medical treatment is. No, and libertarians have a huge blind spot in in this area more than any others, right? Like, I know almost everyone I know is vaccinated. Everyone outside of Free Talk Live here. Uh, is is vaccinated? Almost everyone you see in the supermarkets or at your, at your other job is they have at least gotten one of these shots, right? How many people do we know who dropped dead of myocarditis or or whatever or some random heart attack, right? Not including work, none. Yeah, almost none. So, but libertarians they point to this one example. Like, oh, look, the vaccine's killing people. It's like, okay, maybe. It seems to be killing people about as effectively as COVID nineteen killed people, though. Yeah, it's not very effective at all. Mm, you know what groups, I though? Like COVID nineteen was not killing athletes. It wasn't killing people that were already healthy. Well, we don't know who it was killing or was it? Well, killing. It was killing okay. fat people. So I'm what, sure plenty of athletes no, died of COVID nineteen. We do know that the the comorbidities was a huge question. Like if but, you okay, had fair. these com- comorbidities, then your risk assessment was totally different. Diabetes, being fat, and or whatever bariatric. I'll use a nice nicer word. Or having heart problems right. or other respiratory issues. Right. Those were the people that were dying of COVID. Vaccine, it seems more random. If it even is the vaccine, we're not really sure. It might be. But what I will say about the vaccine is 
typically I'm I'm going to assume that I'm probably the only person at my job that is unvaccinated. Maybe there's a couple other people, but let me tell you, COVID goes around that place. Pretty much every single person that works on my unit was passing it. You know, they were taking turns getting it for like a two month period. I was one of the only ones that did not get it. Every single person that I work with every night, side by side, as close as we are right now, I was the one person that didn't get it. So clearly your vaccine doesn't work if I'm unvaccinated and I did not get COVID and everyone that is vaccinated did. One of the things that I think is happening right now is just that we are at the peak of conservative libertarians. So uh, 20 years ago, like, you know, George W. Bush is in the White House. Uh, 9-11 has just happened. And OK, well, we're going to war with half the planet. And here's all of these things. And we get to feel up your balls if you want to uh, travel to another state and all of that. OK, that was the like very bottom of conservative libertarianism. Like in the conservative side of things, there was no no powerful libertarianism, even though we had like a strong voice in uh, in Ron Paul that converted a lot of people. But the conservatism itself was very authoritarian. And at well, that it point, still is. Well, and, uh, and that, that's that's the reason this issue is even happening with the the conservatarians in the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire. They 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 want. They're characterizing drag shows as child abuse. And yeah. I don't know if they realize this or not, but this is the same issue I have with people characterizing transgenderism or transsexualism as being mentally ill. It's like these words have implications. The implications of child abuse is that someone has to intervene to yeah. put a stop to the abuse. And like I said, you know, I experienced these things as a child and yeah. that wasn't the child abuse I went through. You right. know, that's not on the list. Right. So, uh, have you ever been to a burlesque show? Yes. Okay. So, well, sort of. Sort of? I, I'm aware of that. I've never physically been to one, but I know people who have done them. Okay. And Can, she got a I private have seen show. those performances, so, but not in person. Could you see where someone uh, would say that that was a, a, an abusive thing to bring a child to? No. You don't? Like, I don't I'm not so. saying you agree with it. I'm saying, can you see why someone would believe that that was so sexual that to bring a child there is to incline their mind in that direction and therefore abusive. No, I would say no. You know, I watched rated R movies when I was a little kid. I watched horror movies when I was a little kid. That was not child abuse. No. And like we mentioned, you know, on this show many times, there's a spectrum. All five-year-olds aren't created equal. All 18-year-olds aren't created equal. All 14-year-olds aren't created equal. They are uh, individuals they're human beings that are all different and their maturity level is going to be different i mean in the middle ages there weren't really bedrooms in the average person's house there, there was just the the common space and you you would literally lay there in the floor while your parents had sex right next to you and yeah. read I mean, greek mythology man yeah, like it, it, it would be child abuse to have sex with the child certainly and and to like Make it a display for the child to have to I watch or something like that. I think it would be like child that. abuse to have sex in front of a child. Now, it, you might not agree with me on that. People for thousands of years did exactly that, and it didn't seem yes, to people bother for people for thousands of years abused children. I don't think that's child abuse. I, I'm Whether or not that's child abuse, people for thousands of years have abused children. That's yeah. a truth. 
That's a fact. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that what they were doing then constitutes child abuse. People for thousands of years did X doesn't mean that people for thousands of years did Y. So you don't even see how it would be child abuse to sit your kid in front of some porn? No. No, not if, at all. If my child wants to sit there and what? Now, it would be... It would be wrong. I don't know if I would use the word abuse, but it would be wrong for me to be like, look, you're watching porn tonight, and that's all there is to it. Just like I wouldn't be like, look, you're watching Doctor Who tonight, and that's all there is to it. But if I, if, if I have a 10-year-old child or a 5-year-old child, and they're like, I want to watch some porn, I'm not going to be like, no, you can't do that. I think some I education am, has to be done. It would but- be very different for me to be like, now sit down on the couch and watch your pornography. The more you can integrate trauma, the less it becomes dysfunctional. And the more you have a developed nervous system, the more capable of integrating a, a potentially negative sexual experience you're going to be. It depends on to what extent they're rolling the dice. I don't think the five-year-olds are going to have penetrative yeah, doctor, doubtful. Right? You don't I, I, think that, huh? I sincerely don't. For one, I don't think the five-year-old boy is capable of doing so, as my, as my understanding of analogy works. But um, anatomy works. You are mistaken. Okay, whatever. I still don't think it's very likely that they're going to have penetrative sex. I think it's far Seems more likely like that they're going to... something to protect to... them from. It's not my job to protect or... them from. The... If two well, five-year-olds... you don't have kids. If two so five-year-olds... it's not your job are... to protect a, a kid from It's anything. not your job to protect their kids either. It's the parent's job. And if, and if two kids are playing doctor and that's what they do, I'm not going to be watching them anyway. If I see two kids and they, they start undressing each other to, to play doctor, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stand there watching it. So, you know what? I my think kid, I'm going to blow the whistle on I'm going to like, turn oh, around and no, walk away. As, so as a parent, you can do that. Yeah. Right. And I think it's up for parents to decide that. But I think what is more detrimental to kids and I, I you know, I don't even want to say if it's more or less. But what I know is detrimental to children is when we treat their bodies like they're, they're, you know, like, oh, you know, don't, don't do that. Don't touch yourself like that. You know, Satan's going to get you and God is watching that whole thing makes people like they, you will carry that on for the rest of your life and maybe you'll get rid of it. Maybe you won't. But it's like, oh, my body is inherently dirty. Yeah. I'm not allowed to touch myself. I'm not allowed to have sex. If I do, God is watching. I'm, you know, all of these negative well, things. Hold, hold, hold that on, is also on. detrimental to children, thing. though. So and a God lot of people do that. And your body is evil are two different things. But it's part of the well, same Christian rhetoric. We don't even have to rhetoric. go that far. Because I did this girl once who had a kid. And she would yell at her kid anytime she caught him playing with his rear uh, you know, fingers and stuff. I, I don't want to be graphic, but the kid would, and she, she would yell at him like, no, you can't do that. That's gross. I was like, the only thing you need to tell this kid is to wash his hands when he's done. Also, that, there might a be a medical ex- thing. So let's not yell at him if there might be. It wasn't a medical thing. Okay. It, it was, Okay. I, yeah, okay. It's very clearly for, a sexual thing. Okay. Right? I am all for like instructing them that this is not what you do in public. Right, that but it wasn't. It wasn't know. even that. Yeah. It was this kid was was exploring his body, and she was damaging him. I mean, spe- speaking of damaging kids, like all she had to do was tell him not wash his hands. But she came at it from that Christian point of view. No, no, yeah. no. That she never said that's evil, that's sinful, that's the devil's stuff. But she had but that background, implied, yeah. and she was like, "No, you're not allowed to do that. That's bad. That's." whatever and it's like that's damaging mm-hmm. but i agree this, this, i agree that the, the this the, five-year-old or whatever his age was exploring himself in that way is not damaging him at all 
Well, I agree that the the background of your body is inherently evil is a very serious problem. And yeah, you don't even have to say it because it's the foundation of what you do say, or in many cases, scream. And that is definitely damaging. I agree completely on that. And I think that there is a middle ground in between these where you are neither yelling at the kid about how sinful and evil and dirty their body is, as if yelling was a real, like, effective way to help kids anyway. And at the same time, you're not exposing them to a a potentially damaging experience. Let's not use the word exposing here because I'm not saying... That one should expose to protect it. them from a potentially damaging experience. No, no, no. Those are two experience. very different things. It's it's a very different thing for me to expose a kid to pornography and to not protect them from pornography. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live, and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.